This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Jay Campbell is a four-time international best-selling author, co-founder of A Seer Custom, and founder of the Jay Campbell Podcast. Jay is a global influencer who has dedicated his life to teaching men and women how to fully optimize their health while raising their consciousness. Jay, welcome to the show, man. Mark, it's an honor to be here, brother. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm definitely always uh, excited, humbled, and privileged to speak to other podcasters to, you know, help raise the vibration health of humanity. I, I love it. And, you know, I was sharing before we hit record that yesterday, because these episodes come out the day after I record the interview. So I'm not one of these podcasters that released them nine months later. We literally had this conversation yesterday. And I went running, and I live in Houston, Texas, so I went running, and I left my house at 702, according to Strava, and I know how long it takes me to get to a particular bridge, and the sunrise that God painted yesterday was gorgeous, it was 57 degrees, and I'm like, after a hazy, hot, and humid summer, this was like the most gorgeous day I could imagine the run yesterday. And now we're getting into fall here in the South, which means the mornings will be 57 to 62 degrees. And that is perfect running weather. So I'm glad we're going to be talking about health because I see a lot of people walking around, Jay, they're not healthy. Um, they're got a lot of bulges and they're getting out of breath, you know, walking three feet. And we need to change that because if you're not taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you're not going to be on this planet very long. Yeah, man. Um, I, I don't think any point could be made stronger than just the last year and a half. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, ever since this pandemic, whatever you want to call it happened, most people, you know, went into, and we could talk about this at various points in the show, but you know, most people went into a consciousness of fear. And when you're in a consciousness of fear, you're locked up, you know, you, you cannot, uh, activate, you know, various, uh, parts of your central nervous system, your parasympathetic, you know, and you literally are just stuck in this vibration of like protection, scarcity, hoard. And obviously the biochemical cascades that are released from that are massive pul pulses of serotonin and insulin. And so, you now you start craving carbohydrates, simple sugars, things that your body really doesn't ultimately need to fuel itself. And then you combine the idea too, that people are now isolated, you know, uh, set in a house or a place where they can't go anywhere. And it just led to the real, I mean, let's be honest, Mark, the depravity of American culture. And I won't just say American culture. This is now global. I travel the world still and I've seen it and obesity is now rampant everywhere. I mean, the last statistic for my book, living a fully optimized life that we published in uh, August of 2019 was from 2018 from the CDC and the, uh, the, what is it? The journal of epidemiology. And it was 52% of adults over the age of 40 were obese. And this is not like fat. I mean, I'm talking about morbidly obese. So mm -hmm. you are now a risk to obviously not only yourself, but the system, right? Because the system is all predicated on actuary tables through insurance. And, you know, we can get into the sick care medical system, which has already failed now. I mean, the last two years has proven that it's completely failed, but, um, you know, once you get to that point, what are you going to do, right? It's taken you 25 to 30 years to put on all that weight. And now you're in a crisis. And obviously, as you just said, it's never been more amplified than where we are right now. Well, I'm 56 years young and 
I really started taking my health seriously about three or four years ago when my mom got diagnosed with late onset Alzheimer's and her mother died from Alzheimer's. My mom will die from Alzheimer's unless she dies from other cause. And so I had the opportunity as her only child to talk to her neuropsychologist. And I said, is there anything I can do to reduce the chances of me getting Alzheimer's? And he said, we've been telling people from the beginning of time, diet, exercise, and quality sleep. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, if you take care of yourself and I'm a daily runner and I drink mostly water and I, you know, I'm trying to do the keto diet and stuff like that. He said, if you take care of yourself, you may very well never get Alzheimer's. I can't obviously can't guarantee it. But if you're willing at your age, at the time I was 52, to be proactive on your health, you may never get Alzheimer's. He goes, how active was your grandmother? I said, well, not really. How active was your mother? Not really. She goes, that's the deal. You, you have to, you get one life, you get one body, you have to take care of it. And people will say, well, you know, I'm young. Yeah. But I see in my own neighborhood, there are people in their mid twenties and they're twice my weight. I weigh 192. They're easily twice my weight. Sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's actually a really good topic to talk about. I have a chapter in my last book, again, Living a Fully Optimized Life. And, and by the way, for your listening audience, um, I will give a link. We can do it now or you can put it in the show notes or whatever. But I give away my two number one selling books of all time for free. It's a PDF you can download. So the audience will be able to download these books. But um, to get back to Alzheimer's, so you know, to get nerdy and biochemical just for one second here, not too just too esoteric, but Alzheimer's or any form of neurodegenerative disorder, disease in the brain, is actually type three diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so what, what does that actually mean? It means that each of us biochemically unique, we're all out of one, but we all have a certain amount of what are called insulin chemoreceptors that line the pancreas that as we age will fail relative to our activity, our dietary uh, uh, intake, and obviously our exercise level from a standpoint of, are we building muscle and are we increasing and improving our heart through cardiovascular exercise? So if you, as you just kind of laid it all out without getting scientific, but if you reduce your carbohydrates, which what I call, and we can get into this too, if you want living an insulin controlled lifestyle. Okay. And you obviously focus on exercise. Now, ultimate form of exercise is a combination of resistance training and it can be weight training. It can be bone density. I mean, bone bearing yoga, there's many forms of, of uh, resistance. You can even do you know, bands, isometrics. Um, and then obviously, as you said earlier, get enough quality sleep because the brain has to regenerate itself mm -hmm. um, by getting restorative, what are called polyphasic, you know, phase three and phase four sleep. And most people today, Mark, because of technology and blue light and just the crazy zany world that we live in where everybody has to be connected all the time, mm -hmm. all, you know, at all places. And obviously also get that instant gravitation. I mean, instant, you know, uh, desire and excitement from the yes. dopamine hit. Yes. You've got people that are not living this lifestyle. So neurodegenerative disease and disorder within the next 10 years will probably strike 25 to 35% of the population wow. that, if that fits what you and I just talked about, because you're right. I mean, and again, never has it created more of a society where people are inactive. You know, they're basically sedentary. 
Um, and, and, and let's, let's, you know, I, I can't be Jay Campbell if I don't bring this on. And I'm sure you've already spoken to guests at the rate at the prodigious amount of podcasts you do. You probably have already spoken about this, but we have completely contaminated our environment. The corporations on this planet have destabilized through, you know, endocrine disrupting chemicals, plastics, phylates, BPA, obviously, you know, in the Midwest, in the upper Midwest, you've got all of the glyphosate and atrazine that comes from the fertilizers that are in the air. So these things also contribute to people being, you know, lethargic and having a malaise because they're biochemically annihilated. I mean, they're just literally overwhelmed. Now, that's not an excuse to say, oh, well, you still can't go out and do the things that you're doing and that I'm doing every day. But this is going to be a massive epidemic. And we will see this, like I said, over the next eight to 10 to 15 years where so many people will, and and Mark, this will be a lot earlier. You know, you're 56, I'm almost 51, but people will start being diagnosed with neurodegenerative disease in their 50s. Mm. Because again, you know, your parents, my parents, the obesity is a modern epidemic. This is again from modernization. This is from instant gratification. This is from microwave foods. This is from boxed foodstuffs. 30 or 40 years ago, there were no microwave ovens, right? <laughs> yep. Like people had to cook. They had I remember TV dinners where it would be the tinfoil and you'd have to put that it was in the, in the 70s. Yes. That's exactly right. That was in the <laughs> 70s. But even then, most people were getting organically whole cooked food, right? You didn't go to the grocery store and have 700 cereal boxes to choose from. No. It was just a different And world. the TV dinners was like a treat. Like my mom and dad were going exactly. out to a banquet and I had a babysitter. It was very infrequent, just like going to McDonald's or Pizza Hut. It was very occasional. Now it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's right. That's right. Kids literally subsist off of like mm-hmm. macaroni in the cup. And then, you know, whatever the next box food stops. And as you already know, the school systems support this too, because yes. look at the food that they're feeding the kids, yep. right? So to go back to the macro, um, it's imperative that if you're listening to this podcast and you're 25, you're 45, or even if you're 65, you, you make a focus, as Mark said earlier, to become proactive with your health, because all the statistics will show you that your doctor doesn't give a uh, blank because we can't swear on this podcast about your health. There's nobody sitting there going through your blood work, you know, determining whether or not you have a predisposition to blank, you know what I mean? At your, at, when you turn 50. So only you have the ability to take control of your health. And obviously you said something earlier too, about your, you know, your, your uh, spirituality and everything. The only thing that each of us has control of us is ourselves. Yeah. That's it, right? The, the, the reactions or the responses that we choose and, you know, to not segue, but there's only two forms on this planet. You can either be in a, a vibration of love, which is resonance, or you can be in a vibration of fear, which is dissonance. And when you're in a vibration of love, you're going to choose to consciously respond in everything that you do. I, I want to stop you just, I'm going to stop you right there real quick, sure. because I want you to talk about the excuses, because what happened was, is the reason why I want to stop right here, because you said choose, Okay. We had a winter storm in Houston, which is really bizarre in the state of Texas in February of this year, 2021. And I'm a daily runner. So when we got to wake up that Monday morning, it was 15 degrees. Now, for you people out in the United States, that's not Celsius. That's 15 degrees Fahrenheit. And there was snow on the ground. Now, I didn't go running outside, but I ran in my house because for me, running every day is non-negotiable. 
And on that Wednesday, when it bombed me, it was a bombing 22 degrees, the power went out in the dark. And I got up at six o'clock in the morning and I ran three miles in my house with a flashlight. Why do I share that with you? Because you can't go, I'll go out for a run if it's 55 to 20, uh, 62 degrees. The sun is at this angle. I got a good night's sleep. I don't have any aches and pain. No, if you are serious about your health, you are not going to make excuses because you said a word very key. You choose what vibration you're going to operate on. No one tells you how to operate, but here's the thing. And I, I got to believe you'll agree with me on this, Jay. If you are reactive to the world, you're going to go on the, 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 the current and if the world is negative, which most of the world is negative. That's what, if it bleeds, it leads. That's not going to set you up well. And so you have to intentionally every day say, I'm going to have a great day. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do personal development. I'm going to choose love today because if you think it's going to happen because you're a nice person, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay, it ain't going to happen that way. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. That's 100% accurate. You're 100% accurate. You know, to, to say what I was saying, again, the vibration of love is resonance. The vibration of fear is dissonance. And you're right. The dissonant are in victimhood. And when you're in victimhood, you're easily carried away by the current of the, the narrative. And as you said, the narrative is fear. Everything in the narrative is designed to siphon your energy yep. so that you are not productive, right? So yes, it's very simple. Choose love, choose to be in resonance, choose to be proactive, choose to take care of your vessel. You said something profound earlier too. We only have one vessel in this lifetime, right? Like who knows how many lifetimes we have? We know at a soul level or an energy level, you know, depending on when you're in Eastern medicine or Western, I mean, uh, Eastern science or Western, um, you have an energy that is your being, right? You are a soul, a spirit, you know, the, 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 uh, the Taoists call it the chi or the orgone energy, whatever you want to call it. But that's what we are at base essence. So like when you understand this, like why would you choose to be in fear? Why would you choose to be pushed around with it as the leaves blow when you have the ability at free will and conscious choice to say, no, I'm in control of myself and I'm going to be proactive with my health. And that is where it comes back to, you know, you ran three miles in your house. You know, I would say, and I've been saying this for 25 years, like if you're serious about your health, you have machines in your home. Mm. There's no reason for you not to be able to walk on a treadmill, use an exercise bike. I mean, Mark, I've been using a life cycle for 30 years, right? Like every, and not every single day. Cause some days I go to the gym and train lift weights, but the days that I do not go to the gym and lift weights, I'm on my bike. Mm. So that's non-negotiable. As you said, like four days a week, doesn't matter, you know, winter, summer, you know, I don't really have change of seasons where I live. I'm in locale in uh, Marietta, California, about 48 miles North of San Diego. So it's beautiful here, but I still, as you said, it's non-negotiable in the things that I do, because again, I'm a proactive human. Mm. And what's interesting is People ask me all the time, well, Mark, I'm 65, I'm 70, I'm 80. I'm like, you know, first of all, people that age have run marathons. Mm -hmm. Number two, 
if you haven't run, I'm not telling you to go running tomorrow. What I'm telling you, if you're not active at all, first of all, go see your doctor. Okay. Don't get off the couch, get your sneakers on, go for a run. You could hurt yourself, but you've got to take this under your control. Like we've talked about on the show already. It's your life. Nobody gives a flip about your life except for you. And so I made a conscious decision to start running August 29th, 2017, right after Hurricane Harvey left Houston. You get on your bike every day or you go to the gym. We make a conscious decision because, Jay, I want to be running when I hit triple digits. Okay, that's a goal of mine. I don't go, well, I hope I run a couple miles this month. My goal every year is to run a thousand miles. And according to Strava, I'm 41 days ahead of my plan because it's that important to me. Do I like going out running in the August mornings of Houston like it's running in a sauna? No, but I know what it's doing to my heart, what it's doing to my arteries, what it's doing to my brain. It's that important because it's, I don't run for today. I run for the benefits I'm going to get in the future, right? So, yes, but let's let's go deeper. Let's go into the quantum physics aspect. So you said, I want to run until I'm 100 or in past. So by putting that thought into the universe, you are nothing more and none of us are anything more than the actual thoughts that we think about ourselves or how we want to create, right? So you are literally creating that reality because thoughts manifest into things. So when we say what you're saying, which is like, I'm going to run to I'm a hundred, you absolutely positively will because you are creating that reality for yourself. You know, this is kind of going to go rabbit hole, but a lot of people talk about the simulation. Are we in a simulated reality? And I can tell you from my studies and my deep research of reading amazing, amazing uh, authors like Walter Russell, uh, you know, all the guys that talked about the quantum 40 years ago that don't understand quantum physics, but quantum physics is the future. You understand that when we're, you're living in a quantum reality, which again means that as you put forward your thoughts and then you focus on creating those thoughts through the lifestyle that you live by being proactive, you will create your reality. And in this dimensional experience of whatever you want to call this the third dimension, which I think most people would agree that's where we're at. You have the ability to simulate your reality again through your words, your thoughts, and your actions. So I always say, make your words conscious, make your thoughts focused, and make your actions massy, massively, lovingly intentional. Mm. Because those are the three ways that you can create your reality. Now, it's very important for people when they hear this kind of stuff to realize that most people intend, okay, we're talking about intention right now without control of their thoughts. So their intention comes out reactive, emotion-based usually, and it's negative. Even though they don't intend it to be negative, they're thinking negative. So now they've created a negative boomerang. It's gone into the universe that will now eventually come around and involve them in some sort of negative way because their intent was negative. And I'll give you an example of this. I don't have enough money. It's just a thought. Now they've put that intention into the universe. And even though they want more money, a better life, more of whatever, they've created that reality, which is now a loop. Okay. That's going to come back and serve them at some point in some way that they don't want. So I always say like, if you want something, you want to create your reality. You have to focus on how you're going to get that. Not 
the lack of it, which is what most people do. I don't have enough money. You know, we talk about victimhood. You know, I always refer to this scale behind me, the quant, the Hawkins scale. He talked, you know, he, he essentially quantified consciousness, but like most people today, unfortunately are in victimhood. And again, as you know, Mark, the news, the narrative, it's what keeps people vibrating in a, in a frequency of fear. And, 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 you know, I don't have enough lack scarcity, whatever, but to truly rise above that, it takes a thought. Like it literally is only a thought. You can change your state of being with a thought. And I'm positive that if you just today, you listen to the show and you're in an absolute bottomless pit of despair right now, you can literally say, you know what, I'm getting out and I'm going to start choosing thoughts that are allowing me to overcome or rise above where I currently find myself. And again, this is difficult for some people to hear because they're like, oh, it's easy for you because you have this or you have that or you do this or you do that. No, each of us has this God-given ability to create thoughts that are productive and constructive for not only ourselves, but for the entire universe. Because as you know, Mark, when you create resonance, you are inserting a frequency of resonance into the collective consciousness of everyone so that you're essentially lifting everybody up. A couple of things I want to add there is, you know, I don't do the whole Eastern science religion kind of stuff. Cause I'm, a, I'm an evangelical Christian, but some people have come to me and said, cause I have some really huge goals, which I write down in my bullet journal every morning. And one of them is to have a net worth of over $100 million. And some people who are my Christian friends will say, well, you know, don't you think, is that biblical? And I'm like, there's, I've read the Bible cover to cover numerous times. Nowhere in the Bible does God say he wants you to live in poverty. Nowhere. Okay. And he also says the, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Money's not evil. Right. And I'm like, but God is not going to say, oh, Mark wants to have a net worth of over $100 million. Here's the money. He may give me desire. He may give me inspiration. He may give me ways to get that money, but he's not going to hand it to me. And I wouldn't want him to hand it to me. I want to earn it myself. Now, here is the key point. You're absolutely right. Napoleon Hill has a book called Think and Grow Rich. It should be called Think, Go Work and Get Rich because that's what the title refers to. Right. You can't just think I want $100 million and all of a sudden it's going to appear in your life. You have to go do something, serve right. people. But one of the best comments I ever heard about money is Grant Cardone. He wrote the 10X Rule, my second favorite book in the world next to the Bible. Grant's and he goes, actually a personal friend, as you know, just so you know. Wow. We'll <laughs> talk about the after the show. So <laughs> one of the things he said is when you make a lot of money, you can help a lot of people. And when he first heard that, I was watching one of his recorded webinars and I replayed it. I'm like, he goes, if you make a lot of money, you get to help a lot of people. And what I remember, Jay, is when I, when we have Hurricane Harvey at Houston back in 2017, I didn't have any money and I couldn't help people. And you know how helpless you feel when you see so many people in pain and you can't help them. And, and then I heard what Grant said. I'm like, man, 
it's not evil to have a lot of money. Now, if you have a lot of money and you're selling drugs to kids or funding drug operations, okay, that's not a good thing. But if you're helping people building schools in a third world country, or you're helping build a schoolyard for your local school, or you're helping someone whose house got wiped out by fire, that's a good thing, but you can't do it without money. So I don't, I really believe what the Bible says. The money is not an evil. It's the love. It's the, I got to have more and more and more. I got to have plenty of yachts, plenty of cars, plenty of houses. That's not good. But if you use the money to help people, that's not anti-biblical. That is something God would be pleased with. So I look at, so, so I agree fundamentally. Uh, so, so this, so this is how money really should be looked at from by, by all of us, regardless of your religion or your spiritual persuasion. Money is literally energy. Okay. It is a form of energy. And if you want to exchange it uniformly, which is again, so that the collective, which is everybody has access to it, you must use it in the service of all of creation at its highest and best capacity, which is what you just said in just another way. So if you're, um, you know, a, a CEO of a trillion dollar corporation, um, and your goal is to outcompete, you know, every single other corporation that you're working with, then that's not the best use of that money. You are actually, le- you're creating scarcity. Okay. So if you are a janitor of a high school and every day you go to work and you sweep the gym floors and all of the floors at your highest and best in the service of all of those kids and athletes and teachers and people who use that facility, then who's actually creating a higher exchange of energy that's more beneficial for the universe, right? So it's it's from a universal standpoint, how we have to apply like how energy is exchanged. And I would also say that you said, you know, in this lifetime, at the end of this lifetime, again, depending on your beliefs of what happens after, like, what are you taking with you? I'll tell you what you're taking with you. You're taking with you the love that you made and the love that you gave. That's it. At a soul level, when you leave, whatever happens after, that's what you're taking with you. You're not taking any material things. I can't take ones my and zeros, with me. <laughs> one, ones and zeros in a bank account, you know, Ferraris, M5s. Yep. I mean, you're not taking any of those things, right? So it's like when you get to a level of awareness that it's like, okay, here I am in this third dimensional reality. Uh, I am now realizing that I am the proactive scientist of not only my health, but my spirituality and my will. Then you can literally start enjoying, right? Cause I know that the purpose of all of us here, and I've done a lot of thinking about this is to create a state of joy for not only ourselves, which is the only thing we can control, right? We can only control a state of joy or create a state of joy for ourselves, but living in that state of joy is what allows other people to be attracted to that energy and also see for themselves how they can also create a a state of joy for themselves. So that's like really the purpose of being alive right now. I mean, you and I can go deeper and talk about health and my company and all these amazing things. But at the end of the day, if you're alive right now on planet earth, you know, give thanks to God, be grateful that you can move your fingers, that you can speak freely, that you have all these amazing God-given abilities. And then start to take account that like, okay, I'm grateful now. I'm in the spirit of gratitude. I'm in the energy of gratitude. How can I serve 
at this high level of gratitude. And once you get there, it, again, it doesn't matter what you do. Just do it at your highest and best capacity every single day. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I love that. And I reminded from a story from the Bible about the widow mites. So the story goes that a very rich ruler comes in to the temple and he gives a portion of his earnings and he just says, thank you, God. I'm not like that girl, that, that widow in back of her in, in the back of the temple. She didn't feel worthy enough to approach the temple. She only put two widow mites in there and she was just so thankful. And God said, or Jesus said, she gave more than the rich guy because she gave for what she needed. He gave out of his excess and what you're, and that goes along with what you're saying. Okay. If you have a billion dollars and you give me $10 when you could have like given me a thousand or 10,000, is that really using what you had to the best abilities? But if I only have a hundred dollars in my bank account, and your car, I'm just picking this number out of thin air, need $100 to repair, and I give that $100 to you, that is going to mean more than the rich guy. And so you don't have to be rich to operate, because I love how you use the illustration of the janitor. You don't have to be filthy rich to live in your highest vibration. You don't. It's what's from the heart. And I love how you brought up joy. I see a lot of people, especially in social media. I'm like, where's the joy? I mean, you get one life. How about we be joyful? My aunt, my 84 year old aunt, I love her because she says she wakes up in the morning. She says the house is still standing. I woke up and the dog's alive, you know, and we go, that's kind of silly. No, we don't take time to be thankful for the little things. We assume we're going to wake up tomorrow. We assume the house is always going to be standing. We assume the dog is always going to be alive. And it, we need to stop and be thankful for every blessing we have. It's beautiful uh, to say on that vein or that vein of that thread, social media creates happiness. Happiness is transitory. Joy is a state of being. Joy is a choice that we allow ourselves to experience where happiness is a fleeting moment in time that's almost irrelevant because there's going to be many moments of happiness, right? And 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 I think you know this and you know maybe the audience can better understand this. Happiness is usually experienced when you get a new material thing. Yep. There's like this like wow, you know, I'll think of a car, you get this new car, you drive it, it's amazing. Wow, all you can do is think about it. You wake up in the morning, I'm going to go drive my new car, and then, you know, eventually the happiness, uh -huh. the excitement of the car <laughs> wears off. And now your consciousness, your psyche is looking for the next thing to experience happiness, whereas your aunt is literally living in a state of joy. She is waking up every day grateful for the things that she has regardless of what they are. And truly living in the energy of that gratitude by telling people, hey, man, check this out. Like every day I wake up and my dog <laughs> is still here. And my dog loves me unconditionally. You know, it's funny that we just talk about dog because when I talk about vibration and we can go as deep about that as you want, you know, and understanding the levels of consciousness, um, you know, a thousand is God, right? 
600, 540, 500 to 600 is like unconditional love. People say to me, dude, how the heck does a person experience unconditional love in their day-to-day life? And it's real simple, Mark. How you experience unconditional love is by coming home. And obviously a lot of people are leaving their office in their house to go downstairs (laughs) to their dog or their cat or their domesticated animal who is now sitting there wagging its tail excited, happy, joyous. That's joy, right? Your dog is in a state of joy because his master or her her master is there right now. And he is, or she is just loving and, you know, embellishing and just putting that energy. And, And by the way, this is an energy field. When your dog is wagging his tail and so happy and so excited, that energy is unconditional love. And so that's how a person every single day of their life can experience that type of energy field by being in that loving energy of your dog. And again, this is not, this is not something that requires energy or effort. This is having a dog in your home and being grateful that your dog is in your home. And then again, basking his energy. I mark twice a day. I mean, I wish I could turn my camera. I mean, my blue nose pit bull is laying over here right next to me because he wants to be in my energy field. And just as I want to be in his energy field, when I go out in the backyard in the morning to meditate and to look into su- into the sunlight at 545, 615, whatever time it is, he's right next to me because he is in my energy field and that stillness and that moment, just as I am in his energy field. So we've exchanged that energy for so long that he wants to be there. I mean, if I did not have him in this office studio, he'd be scratching at my door (laughs) because that is what him and I have created together in the energy field. Like, you know, my daughters and my wife, like they know that like when I'm podcasting or doing a broadcast or an interview, Thor is in this energy with me. And it's, it's amazing, you know, to like experience this and to realize this, but like animals are very sensitive to their owners or their master's energy. And so if you keep your energy high vibration, not in victimhood, again, in control, proactive, your dogs sense that and they know that. And if you feel down, because you and I know we're, we are human, we, we have egos, we get them bruised, we have to deal with ups and downs of the ego. The ego is designed to keep us in survival programming at all times. I will just literally check out of here and I will go downstairs and I will lay with my dog for 20 minutes and that will literally change everything from my state and I will come right back and I will get right back into being in residence. But again, these are simple things that we can do because most people have dogs and, you know, understanding what is unconditional love is literally the love that your dog has for you at all times. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because we go to Bible study in church every Saturday and we're gone about three hours. We come home. Our three and a half year old dog greets us like we came back from the war. I mean, it's not her tail that's wagging. Her whole body is wagging. She is so excited. I mean, for about five to 10 minutes after we get home, she's jumping up and down. She's panting. She's wagging her tail. She's so happy. And you you look at that and you're like, you can't help but be joyful because here's this animal giving you all this unconditional love. I could have gotten a speeding ticket, never have on the way home from church. I would, this would change my state because of her. And that's a very good model. Now uh, I'm not sure about cats. You mentioned cats in the beginning. I don't know about cats. I think cats, I think cats will go, Oh, you're home. I, but dogs hundred percent. No, I mean, I, th- I think it depends. I mean, obviously, I, it's funny you say that because I'm allergic to cats, so we can't have cats. And my other daughter's allergic to cats, too. But um, but look, it, it, the animal definitely is an instinctual being, but they are in your energy. 
And, you know, I've always said this to folks, like you will know a happy family, a loving family by the way their animals are. Because an animal that is experiencing violence or disruption or, you know, obviously low vibration, a lot of fear. And obviously there are a lot of families and a lot of households right now across the country that are gripped with fear. And it's unfortunate. It is what it is. But, you know, the animals, as you know, are vibrating at that energy level of what is going on in the household around them. So, you know, why do animals bite other human beings? Because they're scared, because their masters are scared, because they're in fear. They're literally hiding. I mean, think of how many people right now, Mark, are not living like you and I. Okay. They wake up in the morning and they turn on the, you know what? Uh And the first thing that comes out is so-and-so or this many died of the sea. Mm -hmm. Or from there, it becomes so-and-so had side effects from the V. I, I mean- I don't want to talk about any of that, of course, but the reality is, is it's fear, 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 yep. fear and control, fear and control, fear and control, fear and control. And you put the person receptive to this, watching this, which is, you know, again, I, I won't get into generations, but I, you know, I think people, our parents are the folks that are literally listening to this all day long, yes. right? It's kind of, they're retired. They sit there, they're listening to CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CNBC, you know, they're watching their stocks. And I think of my mom and dad. <laughs> and it's like, all they have is fear-based programming at all times, right? Yep. So, of course, if they have animals in their house, their animals are vibrating the same energy. So, it's like, it's very simple. Everything is energy-based field. Um, and if you're not in love, you're in fear. There is no straddling in between. You know, you can obviously be a loving person, spiritual, church-going, and have times of uh, fear and, 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 uh, your ego, you know, battling, but you know, that person because of their training should usually go back up, but the people that are in fear, they stay in fear. And like I said, it's very debilitating. It, it, it locks you up. So you can't really get out of it. So that fear-based energy creates violence. Two things I want to say. Number one, my dad exactly like that. So after my mom could no longer use her phone because she's got Alzheimer's, my dad has this pattern. He watched the news. And he texts me and he's angry. I'm like, dad, stop watching news. <laughs> I tell him the same thing all the time. It's a pattern. Watch the news. Text me. He's angry. Dad, stop watching the news. The second thing is what you mentioned about the energy in the dogs is as my mom began to deteriorate, she would like start yelling at their beloved dog and the dog's like, where's my mom? Why is my mom screaming at me? Cause the dog didn't know that mom had Alzheimer's. All she knows that, her mom was always loving. Now she says, come on, we're going for a walk. And she tried to drag her and the dog got very scared. And, and now my mom is kind of like, she's kind of like a couch potato. She just sits in front of the TV all day because yeah. she's at that point now. But for about a year, I mean, when she was deteriorating, she would yell at the dog and the dog would go hide in the bed because I can imagine what the dog's going through. Like what happened to my mom, the mom that used to love me all these years and very confused. And so she would always hide until mom went to bed and it's very sad, but you know, she knew mom and now she doesn't know this woman anymore. It's very bizarre. I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, you know, the animals are a direct reflection of the behavior of their masters, you know, and, and, you know, very truthfully, um, I, like I said, I'm almost 51 my change vibrationally, you know, pursuing a, a, a life of spirituality and walking the path back to God, getting closer to God, living in resonance, that did not happen until I was 44 years old. This is a path. I mean, I had to have 
multiple dark nights of the soul. I attempted suicide. You know, I was a multimillionaire in my early thirties. Uh, I was in the ego world. I was, you know, chasing things, material things, stacking money, chips. You know, I had two broken relationships. I mean, I, you know, I'm the caricature of ego and the flesh. And, you know, it was like getting torn down and having these dark nights of the souls. And for people that follow me and know who I am, you know, they know these stories because I've been very open, you know, your audience doesn't, but it takes a person to get close, if not hit bottom to actually start up. You know, the great Walter Russell said that we all come out of the womb at the base of the jungle and the path is back to the top of the mountaintop. Many people don't get to the top of the mountaintop. But in the path of attempting to get to the mountaintop, your goal is to learn that base essence, you are literally a spiritual being having a physical experience to evolve and grow your soul. It's literally that simple. Like, are you going to get back to heaven, God, whatever you want to call it? Or are you going to just continue to just play this game where it's like you're so caught up in the victimhood or so caught up in the pain and fear energy that you don't learn the lessons? And, you know, your aunt has learned the lessons. She is at a place of gratitude. When you get to a place of gratitude for your existence, you have learned the lessons of why you're here because it's not about stacking chips or having big bank accounts or any of that stuff. That's great if you have that path and you're in service to humanity, but it's about being grateful for what you have. I Gratitude was something like you. I didn't become grateful to about 10, 15 years ago. When I was in my teens, 20s, 30s, and 40s, I thought the world revolved around me. Right. Now I get it. Now I'd rather make someone else happy. Hold, even if it's something as simple, holding the door from someone or helping exactly. them load their car with groceries, that I get so much joy out of that. I really and truly do. So this has been a great conversation, Jay. So you mentioned there's a way we can get your books for free. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, Jay. You can go to my uh, URL. It's J-A-Y, middle initial C, last name spelled dot com forward slash free books. And there's uh, my, the testosterone optimization therapy Bible is there, which is like the ultimate number one selling book of all time on like how to use therapeutic hormones. There's all sorts of other stuff in there. And then there's uh, my fasting book, which is called the metabolic blowtorch diet, which is like, according to Amazon, the third highest selling book ever on fasting. Um, So feel free to get those books. Um, And then I have, I think a couple other PDFs of newer stuff that I've done from chapters of other books that's more on um, spirituality and the stuff that you and I talked about in this podcast. Excellent. Well, I think this is a great conversation. I mean, I, I always learn something from my guests. I learned a lot from you. You're a very dynamic speaker. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It was an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.